You're listening to the Proteus Leader Show with Eric Anderson, where you'll get practical tools and insights for leading and managing and staying ready for the future. Erica is the founding partner of Proteus, a firm that focuses uniquely on leader readiness. A nationally known executive coach and best-selling author, you may already know her as one of the most popular leadership bloggers on Forbes.com. Ready for something you can use today? Here's Erica. Hello, everyone. So this is Erica Anderson with the Proteus Leader Show, and as always, we're thrilled you're here. My guest today is Adam Stotsky, who's president of the Esquire Network and general manager of e-entertainment, and he's also one of the high payoff learner examples in my new book, Be Bad First. So I thought he would be a great person to talk with us about learning. So hi, Adam. It's great to have you. Hi, Erica, as, <laughs> as always. Uh, not only good to talk to you, but any time I can be referred to as a, as a high payoff learner, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. It's a good day, right? Yes. So you know, I believe that being able to learn new skills, new knowledge, new ways of operating is key to everybody's success in this ever-accelerating world. So I wanted to ask you some questions about learning and about your own learning and how you keep moving forward. Terrific. Sounds great. Okay, cool. So the first question is, what is the most challenging new thing you've had to learn in the past couple of years? And what was it that made it tough? You know, the media business is changing uh, dramatically and on, a, on an hourly basis, it seems. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, uh, what was an absolute assumption even six months ago, uh, let alone a year or two ago, um, is now being, being dramatically called into question really across almost every aspect of the business. Yeah. And, um, you know, we as a, as a company and we as a team and I as a learner have had to recognize that the rules that we've learned over the course of our collective careers um, are probably not what's going to be necessary to stay relevant and, more importantly, successful and successfully growing um, in the future because sort of all bets are off. Yeah. I think for, I think for me, uh, one of the most dramatic and challenging aspects that I've had to relearn over the past couple of years is, um, is marketing. I'm a marketer by trade, and right? mm -hmm. I spent the first 19 or 20 years of my career on the marketing side of this and, and other businesses, and you know felt pretty confident in that line function in that capacity. Mm. But what I've had to relearn over the past year or two is an absolutely ground zero new marketing rulebook for what's necessary in terms of building audiences for a media property like Esquire Network or like E Entertainment in today's environment. You know, the consumer behavior is changing so radically. The dynamics under which we're operating as uh, content producers changing so radically that the rules for marketing have been completely thrown out the window. And the challenge that I've had to deal with is being comfortable with finding a head of marketing that um, can position these two businesses in a way that, uh, that will, you know, fuel continued growth and position us for continued success through means other than uh, means and tools and, and tricks from a marketing perspective that um, are completely different than the ones that I had le learned throughout the entirety of my career. Mm. You know, that's been very hard, uh, very challenging. But 
for me, I've been fortunate enough to to find and and work with a head of marketing who has the um, has an ability to come at things from a completely different perspective, but in a way that um, is very comfortable for me. Actually, let me let me let me let me scratch that for a second. For a way that actually may not have been comfortable at first, but ultimately I've come to learn and respect and understand that that different perspective is what's necessary for us to uh, to continue to grow in today's environment. And that that for me was hard, but ultimately really gratifying because I've learned something um, completely new along the way. Mm. So I love this whole, um, the whole direction you've gone and the whole topic, because I think the thing that you're talking about, which is how, you know, an area that, like when we get to be experts in a certain area, and then we have to go back in a sense, to being novices in that area, I think that is the most difficult learning challenge for most people because, you know, just exactly what you were saying, when you get to be expert in an area, you rely on and identify with that expertise and to have to say marketing or thing X, whatever it is that I'm good at, is now operating in a completely different way. I have to go back to scratch. So yeah. what, how, how did you, and I think this is so helpful for people, how have you gotten yourself more comfortable with being in that state of, I don't yeah. know what the heck's going on, you know? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think acknowledgement's always the first step to recovery, <laughs> Yeah. right? Just understanding and acknowledging that the context and the, the world is different today than it was yesterday, I think is always that necessary first step for me. But I think, you know, actually it's it's kind of one of the most liberating states of being for me. You know, when you when you when you hire really well and you make sure that you've created an environment within which your team can do your can do their best work, sitting back and watching them thrive for me has been incredibly liberating and, and actually downright fun. Uh, yeah. I measured, we all, certainly at, at our shop, you know, are measured by the bottom line performance of the businesses that we're that we're managing, and you know, it's not up to me to be a to be a specialist. It's it's up to me to be um, a generalist and to ensure that we're sort of deploying the necessary resources to you know allow us to transcend all of this change. And so, you know, I think acknowledging that things have changed, being comfortable with folks who can bring an expertise that you can't. And, and really recognizing my role in that context, which is one of conductor rather than um, individual um, instrument player, to borrow a musical metaphor. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, has been the, the way that I've been able to, to become comfortable with not having all of those answers. I love that. So then let's dig down. I always, I promise that in the Proteus Leader Show, we'll have specific, you know, tools and, and, and tips to help people. So as the conductor of the or orchestra, and I love that metaphor, what are some of the specific things that you found helpful in, in the process, in the, in, in trying to help people stay open to new learning and not get stuck and not get, you know, defensive about what they know or don't know? What have you done that makes it easier for people, do you think? I think I think setting the example is probably the best year. Mm. You know, learning itself is a learned behavior. Yes, and uh, I think that we as as leaders need to recognize. And it's it's like parenting, mm. at least for me. You know, I'm a struggling father of <laughs> eight and nine year old boys, and you know, I see the habits and behaviors and attitudes and points of view that they've been developing over the last eight and nine years, respectively, and. I'm, I'm cognizant that a lot of that is informed by what they observe from me. 
Yes. And I think the same uh, can be said for what happens inside the walls of an office environment. And I think that if you're successful at um, being a good learner yourself, mm-hmm. uh, I think that can can serve as as some of the best, um, you know, the best illustration or the best example, the best steer uh, for the folks that are working with you. Yeah. Uh, making it uh, okay uh, to say that you actually don't know the answer and, um, uh, demonstrating that that's not a, a sign of weakness. In fact, recognizing how to tap into expertise that transcends your own is actually an absolute strength in today's environment. That's for sure. Man, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more. In fact, I've seen you do this in meetings and I've seen other people do it in meetings when the, when the person who's the leader in the room you know, kind of stops the conversation, says, wait, hold up. I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about. Or can you explain that differently? Or, you know, use simpler words. I mean, it's really liberating for the rest of the people in the room. Definitely. So, yeah, I think, I think that's probably the strongest here. I think the other is, um, you know, involvement. I think Mm -hmm. pulling, you know, pulling folks into the process, not, not to create committees, uh, uh, certainly by, by, by any stretch, but, um, you know, exposing folks to things that fall outside of their respective um, ah, areas of yeah. responsibility or expertise. You know, I've always found that um, you know divergent points of view, especially in a in a creative culture like uh, like television and media, uh, where quite honestly, no nobody really has the answers. Right? Yeah, what, yeah. What, how does that? What, what was the phrase William Goldman said? Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows nothing. <laughs> Certainly in this uh, in this business, but I, I've always found that um, divergent points of view um, always helps to yield just great discussion and debate. And I think through that debate and discussion, the, the product ultimately um, becomes better. And I think that um, folks learn um, new things along the way because of it. Uh, you know, pulling a head of communications into a, a storyline discussion about it television show or a digital person about um, uh, program scheduling, you know, just opens you up to um, looking at things with a very clear, uh, unencumbered view. I think it's not only ultimately a great contribution to the product itself, but I think it's a great tool for um, exposing folks to um, new and different things. I love that. So help get people with fresh perspectives in, and then it helps the people to whom this is a normal thing. Like I think about it every day, it helps them start to think more freshly and be more curious themselves. Yeah, sure. I think someone someone said to me, you know, you never see you never see things as clearly as you do on those first couple of days or couple of weeks in the new in a new job or yeah. new position. And I think creating those kinds of um, unencumbered experiences for individuals is not only a learning experience um, in and of itself for the individuals involved, but I think can can yield just a, a terrific contribution that you may not have had the opportunity to uh, to realize otherwise. Oh, that's great. Okay, so Adam, I always promise people that these are going to be quick, you know, snackable things, and we're we're kind of at the ten minute mark. So thank you so much for doing this with me. I it's just fascinating to hear how you're navigating this new world of learning, which I think is the world that everybody finds themselves in these days. So thank you so much. 
My pleasure. And uh, thank you, dear listeners, for being with us today. If you'd like to find out more about how to become a master learner, you can read Be Bad First, Get Good at Things Fast to Stay Ready for the Future, which features Adam as one of the examples of great learning. And it's available now at bookstores and on Amazon. So we'll talk again soon. And until then, have an excellent life. We hope you're feeling better equipped to create the career, the business, and the life you want. For more insights and tools for leadership and management, join us at ProteusLeader.com. Have an excellent day, and thanks for listening.